Let us take a few deep breaths that we might be more fully aware of the presence of the Spirit with and among us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. On this fourth Sunday of Advent, we light our fourth Advent candle. We light the candle of love, grateful to be born of God's love. We light the candle of love and celebrate love's strength. We light the candle of love and pledge to join its work. Let us join together now in our opening hymn. live on Facebook or YouTube right now, or you're joining us sometime in the future on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening or however you're watching, welcome. It's week four. It's the Advent Day of Love, and you're almost there to Christmas. Would you join me in our community prayer? Great God, you have established a place for us in this world. You have asked that we make a place for you, not because your existence depends on it, but because ours would be enriched by it. 
Forgive us for allowing you to be an afterthought, fit in around the edges when centering you could be so life-giving. Forgive us also for not recognizing the ways in which we carry you around with us all the time. In these final days before Christmas, let us open ourselves to your presence. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountaintop and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide, your hands are our support. We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. You have knocked, and we are grateful that you open the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. May this time together cause us to love you, and especially to love one another. Amen. This is the third Sunday of the month, which means it is Birthday Blessing Sunday. If you have a birthday in December, happy birthday to you. December is always a special month here at Westminster because both Rob and Ruthie have December birthdays. So happy birthday, Rob and Ruthie. I want to share with you a poem. It's called Be Glad by Edwina Gately. And I thought of this poem as I read our community prayer this morning. Now, there was a line in our community prayer that said, forgive us also for not recognizing the ways in which we carry you around with us all the time. You know, in December, in Advent, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. God with us all the time. So hear now this poem. God is soaked in our world. God's spirit lives and breathes in and through all that is. We are lost only when we do not understand that God is already with and in each one of us. Our task is recognition of God's initiative to be at home in us, acceptance of God with us. Then we cannot but be glad. So my birthday prayer for each of you is that you will recognize, you will embrace God with you and be glad. Here now, a blessing for you on your birthday. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. I want to invite all of our children who might be worshiping with us today to join me closer to the screen for our time of discovery. Um, again, you have shown how much of real superheroes you really are because you've gone through a whole semester of school now. Some of you didn't get to go back at all. Some of you have gone back some days and you're at home other days and 
you have to do some work there and some work here and some work over there and you get to see these friends some days and those friends on another day and you are the real superheroes because you have shown us how flexible you are, how you find solutions, how you solve these problems and make everything easier for all of us. And you've shown that you are genuinely the beautiful people, the real beautiful people on the inside and on the outside. By not just that, taking care of your families and filling our homes with love and joy. And we still can't be together. But I have, instead of my real superheroes, I have all of you pretend superheroes. And instead of genuinely beautiful people, I have these fake beautiful people with me here. And there's one other thing missing from this coronavirus Christmas season. And it's all the family gatherings. My family isn't going to gather this Christmas. I don't know if yours will or not. I imagine most of yours are not. And you know what I'm going to miss? I'm going to miss the hugs. I'm going to miss pumpkin pie. I'm going to miss crab. We usually have crab. Um, I'm going to miss a lot of that stuff. I wonder, what is what is your family reunions like? Yeah, Spider-Man, what's your family reunions like? Oh, cool. I never thought about that. Spider-Man can make an entire jungle gym of spider webs for all of his younger cousins. Man, I wish I had you as an older cousin when I was younger. That's awesome, Spider-Man. Black Panther, what's it? Oh, you get to go swimming, right? How long does it take to get to Wakanda? Yeah, it's a long flight. Some of us have to travel a long way to see our relatives, right? Yeah, anybody else? Thor, yeah, you'd... you're right, Thor. You do. You have to travel even farther to other planets and galaxies to find your parents. That's that's really amazing. So I wonder what your family reunion would have been like. It's kind of fun to think about. And I wonder something else. Have, you know, I forget sometimes that Jesus and his mom, Mary, like they were real people. And they had family gatherings just like you and I do. And I wonder what their family gatherings were like. What would it have been like to have a family reunion with Mary and Jesus? Would would there be pumpkin pie? Would there be crab? Probably not. Uh, if you don't know why there probably was not crab, you can ask your parents about that. But, or you can read in the Old Testament. Um, I wonder what. I, I wonder if they had spider webs and jungle gyms and things to play on. What was it like when Mary saw her family? I wonder what that was like. Well, today, lucky you, you get to learn all about it. So after this. Go find our church's YouTube channel, WPC Tiburon, and you'll find our Sunday School lesson there where we will talk about what it was like when Mary saw her family when she was pregnant with Jesus. Pretty exciting times. Have a Merry Christmas. As we come to our time of prayer, I invite you to share your prayers with one another. If you have a joy or a concern to share and you're watching with us on Facebook, simply type that prayer right into the comments section. If you're not watching on Facebook and you have something that is on your heart or mind, be in touch with us. Give us a call, send us an email. We would love to be in prayer with you. I have one very big joy to share about our alternative Christmas fair. 
You'll know that we weren't able to have our fair as usual this year with the festive tables all set up in Finley Hall, but the fair continued and it has raised to date over $11,000 for a variety of nonprofit organizations. Wow. Thank you for your generosity. Such a joy that in this especially challenging year, all of those nonprofit organizations are going to receive some extra financial support. Thank you. Will you join me now in prayer? Let us pray. God of love, during this Advent season, we wait with eager expectation for the birth of your son. We rejoice in Christ's vision of a world where the humble will be exalted and the hungry fed. We keep watch with those who wait and weep, those who are not yet experiencing Christ's justice and peace. We know that you are with each one of us, O oh God, as we wrestle with our hopes and our fears our struggles, and our joys. During this season of waiting, may we be ever more aware of your presence with us. God with us, Emmanuel. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The angel Gabriel from heaven came, his wings as drifted snow, his eyes as flame. All hail, said he, the lordly maiden. Christian folk throughout the world will have 
Our first scripture passage this morning is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 47 to 55. This is a passage that is commonly known as the Magnificat. It is a song that Mary sang to God after finding out that she would give birth to Jesus. So because this is a song, I invite you to join with me in a line that we will repeat throughout the scripture reading. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. Try that with me. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. So Mary sings, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked with favor on the lowliness of God's servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is God's name. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. My soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy, according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second reading comes from 2 Samuel, chapter 7, verses 1 to 11. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. Now when the king was settled in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See, now I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? 
Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I went on a mission trip to Appalachia to do home repairs when I was in my 20s, at a time when I was in between things, and so I was living at home and went with my home congregation. It was on that trip that I experienced a significant sense of calling to the ministry. It didn't come when I heard a voice thundering from the clouds, or in having a vision of Jesus, or being blinded by the light on the road. It was more of an inner realization, namely, that if I was going to try to earn a living with my hands, I didn't have a prayer. And that's when I thought, prayer, that's it. Maybe I can make a living in prayer. Okay, so it didn't happen exactly that way. But I knew when I had more paint on my clothes than on the building I was painting, more roof sealant on my shoes than on the roof I was supposed to be patching, that uh, at least one set of callings was out. I might follow a carpenter, but I would never be one. In the reading you just heard, the king, King David, wonders if it's time to build God a home. He realizes that he is a house of cedar himself as king, but God is relegated to a tent. Now, as we'll say a little bit more later, God's not necessarily ready for that, but it does ultimately come not with David, but with Solomon who follows. And if you read the accounts of the temple, it's magnificent in its construction. Building in the ancient world is something at which we can marvel. I mean, think of, uh, of such structures that have been built, whether it's the temple or the pyramids in Egypt. When I was in college, I did a semester in Germany, not far from Cologne, where if you've been, you'll know the cathedral spires often reach literally into the clouds built over hundreds of years by generations and all these magnificent constructions of history, ancient and more recent, have come without the benefit of modern equipment, no cranes, no trucks. It's amazing what people can build 
when they put their minds to it and their resources and their bodies. We've all witnessed something over this past week that I think rivals any construction throughout human history. The creation of not one, but at least two vaccines that are ready to go to tackle a virus we knew nothing about a year ago. Did you ever think that watching a UPS or a FedEx truck pull out of a production facility could be a religious experience? I mean, didn't you find it moving to see that help was on the way? I found it uh, staggering. In 10 months, people with HIV and AIDS have been waiting decades, 10 months. It's unfathomable to see what has happened. There is much to be said and to be learned from our failures in responding to this pandemic, in some places more than others, about our inability to make the basic sacrifices required to save our neighbors. But, but, this feat and the efforts that coordinated it, wow, it's something to behold and for which to give thanks. When people set their minds to it, when they open themselves up to what I would dare call a higher calling, when they invest their resources and their creativity, when a society focuses on something, look at what can happen. Miracles can happen. I don't think it's an overstatement to call it a miracle. And so it begs the question, what else could we accomplish if we had that sort of devotion? And I mean that word in both senses. What else could be accomplished? Previously intractable, untackable problems, maybe they could be addressed and solved as well. We've always assumed hunger would always be with us. Homelessness was unsolvable, but maybe not. The environment, the most pressing of all global issues facing us, maybe not. The journal Science published a paper not long ago that estimated if we spent 12% of worldwide global stimulus that has been devoted to COVID, if we spent 12% as much as that money each year, between now and 2024, we could clean up our energy system enough to meet the targets of only 1.5 degrees Celsius of temperature increase this century. Now that's quite a sacrifice. But that's, I had to read it three times before I believed it because that goal has seemed utterly out of reach to me. Right now we're headed for more than twice that temperature increase, which would be disastrous for human life, not to mention other life. But just between now and 2024, 12% of what the world spent on COVID stimulus. Can you imagine? Well, we better start trying to imagine. Some months ago, we would have said, well, we're never going to invest that much in one thing. 
until we did. And look what we've done. Is there greater hope than that which is born of substance? I know it's increasingly in this world likely or common to feel as if we can't make a difference, but we can and we have. And there are tools to support us in that discipline of hope. I'm in a group of civic and religious leaders that meet regularly to talk about the most pressing of issues that faces us today. And often those conversations are quite sobering. And sometimes in the midst of them, some of us express some doubt that our traditions have much to offer us for the magnitude of the problems facing us. What can they say to us today? And we were in one of those moments this past week when a woman spoke up and reminded us of a story precious to some of our traditions in which a woman opened herself to the greater vision of God gave herself over voluntarily to the spirit in service of something beyond what even she could imagine. And when Mary recognized that she was pregnant with Jesus, she sang to the Lord. The Magnificat, as we often call it in our tradition, That moment, how could we forget that basic moment of a story that comes to us this time of year and what it could mean for us? What seemed utterly impossible, I mean, that's the metaphor of the virgin birth, right? That's the whole image. What's impossible becomes not only possible, but so by the power of God and the participation of willing women and men, those who identify in whatever way. That's the good news of the season, that things that seem too magnificent and difficult to build can be built, and where it seems like no life is possible, indeed it is. Now, as I mentioned before, When confronted with this desire to build God a home, God actually has a different priority in mind. And in that reading you heard earlier, God says, I'll build you a home first. You can get to me later. God questions the priorities, and that is the call of this moment. We have a few months before we'll be released more fully back into society, God willing. And it's easy to want to just get there. But I want to encourage you to stay here because this is a pregnant moment. We're at a crossroads with critical choices to make about our priorities and our way of life. We're being asked to reflect on what is it we treasure and therefore want to hold on to and nurture in the world to come? And what do we need to let go of, to let pass away? It's easy to want to rush back into everything that was, but we know that that can't be. 
because some of how we are living is not sustainable. I saw a social media post this past week, good-natured. A woman said that her husband had put a map of the world on the wall and said, honey, here, take a dart and throw it. And wherever that dart lands, I'm going to take you when the pandemic is over for a two-week vacation. I mean, what a wonderful gesture and dream. And who doesn't miss that kind of travel, whether it's to see loved ones or just to have vacation? Well, the punchline of the story was the woman said, I guess we'll be spending two weeks after the pandemic behind the bookshelves because her throw was errant. And yet what a fitting metaphor. For if we simply throw the dart, we're likely to land ourselves in problems perhaps even greater than the one in which we're living now. But if instead we can muster the courage to open ourselves as Mary did to the leading of the Spirit and open ourselves to the courage to be as committed to one another as we have been in certain moments of this crisis, then we could build and birth a new world. we have a moment in which to reimagine life together. Let's not squander it. It's time for building and birthing. It's a time for both working and being deeply committed to prayer so that what we build and what we birth on the other side bears the mark of God the indwelling of God on earth. Emmanuel. Amen. Our church continues to thrive uh, despite the circumstances. Uh, I just want to express a great bit of gratitude for all of you who work so tirelessly behind the scenes, whether it's reopening our worship services for a single Sunday, uh, whether it is reopening our building, uh, whether it is uh, finding paths to reopen our youth ministries or our children's uh, things that we're doing. So many of you have done so much to keep this uh, church family 
growing in the spirit through these difficult times. That one important announcement is Christmas Eve is coming. It's just a few days away. And we had originally planned to have a, an outdoor service at four o'clock. And there was just an overabundance of people jumping in on that and reserving spots. So then we said, let's have another one then at two o'clock. And then you continued to answer that call and filled that one up. So now we've offered a third opportunity at 1230. So please use the Sign Up Genius link. We need your RSVP for that for safety reasons. And we look forward to seeing you on Christmas Eve and worshiping, even if it's at a distance, even if it's different. We look forward to worshiping with you at those times. Would you join us in our closing hymn, Blessed Be the God of Israel. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us this day and every day. Amen.